since i got into engineering i have always been intrigued by the work that goes behind building a car from acquiring the raw materials to manufacturing to the final product especially regarding mass producing manufacturers like toyota thus to explain us about the process that goes behind building cars for a mass producing manufacturer we have with us leandra she is currently working at toyota motor manufacturing canada where cars like the toyota rav4 the lexus the lexus rx350 and the rx450h get built so we have tried to break down her journey with cars with working for toyota on this episode of shift with motor drift welcome leandra glad to have thank you, you thank podcast. you for having me <laughs> thanks so uh how did you get into cars you know like what's the story behind it well i'm probably a lot older than you but there was a show called night rider with mm. david hasselhoff and it was a 1982 trans am mm. black one and it could talk mm. and it had you know powers mm. it could jump turbo boost and it and it could drive by itself and all these things that cars are doing now mm. was really in the future back then yeah. and i thought it was the coolest car in the world it, mm. it was amazing and uh dukes of hazard mm. you know they had their car and yeah. there were so many shows that had so many interesting cars and I, i think it was just mostly the trans am that got me into it mm. and as a little kid and then i had hot wheels and i uh, never really played with dolls and uh <laughs> just cars are really cool and my grandfather used to sit me on his lap and i think he just drove you know down the street or just kind of down the driveway but he used to put me in his lap and get me to hold the wheel and i thought i was driving but i probably mm. wasn't but mm. i was so excited and happy that i was driving this really big car right mm. and uh, it was an amazing feeling so yeah from a really small age i thought cars are just fantastic there's so much freedom exact to them and and they're pieces of art as well mm. you know they're just pieces of art on wheels some some are ugly but that's all i think but that it's all a matter of opinion right that's why there's such a beautiful variety of cars yeah you know there's something for everybody mm. yeah and the craftsmanship that goes behind you know like building these cars oh yeah sure i mean it, it takes years for a car from when it's designed in mm. computer or i think they used to do them in clay i think only mm. high end cars are done in clay now i'm not too sure yeah. um but yeah. uh yeah. Yeah, everything from a dream to a mm. reality takes takes years. Look at the Lexus LFA. Yeah. You know, it it took 10 years to build and I think in the 7th year they scrapped it. Mm. Because it was made out of aluminum and they went, "No, it's too too heavy, too expensive." 7 mm. years. And they they went not good enough. Mm. You know. It's incredible. And it's probably one of the greatest cars of all time. Oh. I know. I I've never sat in one. I've seen one at the auto show, but I've never sat in one and I've never mm. heard one start in real life. Mm. But that is on my list I would like to actually yeah. even sit in one. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful car. Beautiful yeah. car. It sounds good. It has a naturally aspirated great engine. It's fast and like totally worth the price. You know like it used to cost like I don't know like it no uh, I think it was a very big amount, you know like not affordable for any you know like normal people but it was surely worth it when it came out yeah and lexus lost money every time they built one mm. and they knew it and they didn't care because they wanted to prove to the auto industry that they could they could if they wanted to flex their muscles and mm. build something just as fast mm. as you can but mm. we don't we don't want to do that they're very humble yeah so i hope maybe they can flex flex their muscle again and come mm. out with a 
LFA 2.0 or something. <laughs> yeah. And it is one of the, it is one of those cars, you know, like that will stay evergreen and have, you know, like written the name of Lexus on the history papers just because of that alone. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it's, it's marked a piece in everybody's heart and um, yeah, they've done, they did such a great job with that. And even if you don't like cars, I think people can look at that and go, well, that's a really nice looking car. Yeah. For sure it is. Oh yeah. And like, how did you get into the automotive industry? Well, when I was a teenager, I used to work at a plant that made pet food mm. and it wasn't the nicest environment. It was very uh, smelly and dirty, but I mean, you want, you need to make money and that's important. Yeah. And uh, I had, I made enough money to buy my, my first car, which was an Oldsmobile. Mm. Uh, they don't make those anymore. It was a used one. And I went to look for another job and I, th- I think I wanted to try, um, selling cars mm. and I turned 19. So I was legal enough to do so. And it was at a Chrysler Dodge Jeep mm. Eagle dealership. Mm. And I didn't have the talent to crunch the numbers. Mm. I just wanted to talk to people about cars. That's why I wanted to do sales, just to talk about it. And then I realized not everybody wants to talk about it. They just want a car from A to B. Mm. How much? What's the cost? Can you give me a deal? Mm. I didn't like that part. So I thought, well, maybe this isn't for me. So at the time, their detailer, the guy who washes the cars for delivery and takes the the eco wrap off the cars and PDIs them and prepares them, uh, used cars and auction cars, he had quit. He just left in the middle of the day. So my boss turns to me and he says, you know, you like cars. You want a detail? Sure. He says, so here you go. There you go. And I did that for, I think two or three years. And then I got a job at a Toyota dealership doing the same thing. And I did that for eight years. And then I went to another Toyota dealership and I did that for a few more years. So I did 13 years of, of detailing and washing cars. And then as you get older, it's not enough money, you know, it kind of limits you into what you can do. And, uh, I thought, well, I need to find another job. So there was actually a Honda plant Mm -hmm. in, in Ontario here in Canada, in Alliston, uh, the town of Alliston. And they build the, there's two plants, the one plant, they build the civic and the, um, uh, what is it? The faster one, the Type R, I guess. Yeah, Type R. And Type R. And then the other plant, they build the CRV. They used to build the Acura there, but they don't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I got a job there uh, helping to build the cars in Alliston. And I mean, that was fun. I only did that for a year and a half. And the reason was the I found the company wasn't very stable. Mm-hmm. So they would keep you part-time for a long time three years, four years, five years, you don't want to work part-time because it, it's, mm. it's scary to work part-time. It's not enough hours. Yeah. And you were working night shifts as well. And it seemed though, even though it was part-time, it would consume your whole life, like a full-time job would. Yeah. So I applied for Toyota and I've been there ever since I've been there now almost eight years and it's a great company. It's, it's, you know, the, the hours aren't the best, mm but they're very um, competitive. They're very safe. 
uh, and there's room for growth. So you can also grow within the company. You don't have to actually necessarily stay in assembly. You can go to weld, you can go to paint, you can go to stamping, you can go to quality control, you can go to maintenance, you can be a manager. So there's always growth and learning uh, in different areas. So yeah, I've been there ever since and I, I don't look back. So you have basically you have freedom in you know like choosing what to do at Toyota. And that you can apply, you can apply, yeah. Yeah. And that you didn't yeah. have, you know, like with the previous manufacturers. No, no, it was do this, do that. We'll let you know. Just stick to um, one to job. Stick to one job, yeah. And, and who wants to do the same job for yeah. five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years? I mean, if if that makes you happy, that's good. Less. Yeah. But uh not me. I like to mm. always grow. Yeah. yeah. Even I like to explore. Yeah. Exactly. Your, your brain is a sponge, you know, use mm. it. Mm. So like, how was the, you know, like the recruitment process as Toyota, the recruitment process? Yeah, it, it took me six months to get in. Mm. And you do an online test. And then they want you, if you pass that, you go to Conestoga College and you write another computer test. It's kind of like an aptitude test, a little bit of math, a little bit of problem solving. What would you do? And then, you know, weeks and weeks go by, then they call you to the actual plant and you get an interview and then weeks and weeks go by and they tell you yes or no. So it took me six months. Some people it takes a year. Um, actually, it seems to be a little quicker now. People are getting in in two or three months. And that's because at least over here, we have the boomers, the baby boomers are now retiring. Mm. So people my mother's age have take are the highest population here mm. and they are all now retiring. So there's a lot of jobs that are now need to be replaced. Yeah. So um, it seems to be a little quicker to get in, but yeah, it, it's, it's a multi-step. It's not just call, drop mm. your resume and go in for an interview. There's, there's quite a few steps to get in but mm. once you're in yeah you're 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 in for good if you want yeah mm. for sure so like was it easier you know like then getting into the previous companies that you went to or was it you know like a bit more complex a bit more it was a bit more complex i think they just want to make sure that they're getting the right type of person i mean even when you go in for training before yeah. you're even uh before you even go out onto the floor mm. you go into this room and there's a um a, a body of a car mm. it's just aluminum yeah. and they want you to put the bolts in certain areas mm. so they want to see how you can work with a drill if you are capable cognitively mm. to put in a screw by hand mm. and they time you and they watch you mm. and then you do another test where you grab this big fake drill and you pull mm. it down almost like onto a typewriter kind of into the mm. certain positions so i think what they do is they watch you and then they see where you might be a good fit mm. maybe you'll be good under a car maybe yeah. you have small hands you're good inside the car maybe you're good for wiring maybe you're mm. bigger and you can put tires on the car so they try to fit you what they think would be the best area yeah. for you to go so if you're really tall six foot two or three mm. they're not going to put you uh, uh inside the car like a little mouse mm. And if you're smaller or shorter, they're not going to put you underneath the car where you're always looking up, mm. trying to reach. They try mm. to accommodate your stature and your mind for where you should go. So that way there's less injury, mm. um, as well as I think a happy employee is a good employee too, right? Yeah. So if you're happy, then you will do a better job mm. statistically. Mm. Yeah. And they basically, I think they're trying to you know, like uh, 
see that the work is done you know like as efficiently as possible thus they give work according to needs you're right and that that's a good point that you brought up because we have something called attacked time mm. so you only have something so many minutes so many seconds to do your job yeah so if the line is moving faster you only have uh 120 seconds to do this job that's all you have mm. and the line will speed up and slow down during the year depending on demand mm. so for example in north america the rav4 is in quite high demand and we're behind mm. schedule and uh, we were behind schedule before covid hit so you can imagine how we are now so the tack time is compromised but they have to find a balance between quality and um quantity uh, but it is nice when the line moves a little slower mm. <laughs> because you have a chance to wipe your face. You have a chance to have a little chat. Mm. And now it's just, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But so it, what um, happens, you know, like if the line goes a bit slow, like if you are given, you know, like two minutes to do a task, but you need a bit more time. So what happens then? So there's two things you can do. Every line has a, a personnel called a team leader. And a team leader is, is a team member, but has have in charge of that department or that, that area. So you can call out that you need some help, mm. or you can call to another friend, depending on what the job is, mm. they can uh, support you. Or we have something called an and on, which there are two cords that hang above us. One is mm. yellow, one is red. Mm. The red one stops the line. The red one is more for emergency if something breaks yeah. or if someone is hurt. Yeah. And the, the yellow one will not stop the line, but it will ring a chime. It's like a Japanese song. It will play. Mm. And uh, when the team leader hears that, they will come to the line and look around and, and go, oh, okay, Landra, how can I help you? Mm. Oh, these cars are, 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 you know, it's not too good. Or I ran short on my part. I can't put mm. it on. Mm. I, I need some more of this or, or. Mm. May I go to the washroom? Something simple like that. And the team leader will come and replace you mm. or they will go get that part for you mm. or they will get another team member from another area and help you. Mm. Mm. So there is, yes, a system in place where if you feel that you are lagging behind, that there is support to come and help you. And, and we do have the power. Every, every person that works there has the power to stop the line. Mm. Everybody, mm. which, is, which yeah. is great. So if you yeah. feel that your quality is down, you can stop mm. the line and let someone know. Mm. They, they encourage you to speak up. Mm. Well, that's how it should be. Yeah, because a lot of people are embarrassed to say, I, mm. I can't do my job, I can't keep up. Mm. So they mm. won't say anything. Yeah. And then the next customer is the next person who touches the car. Mm. That's how we determine who the next customer is. And if yeah. I can't give a, a full product to the next customer, how good is it going to be when it actually goes to the customer who buys it? This mm. is why you find cars that maybe have faulty wiring or something wasn't plugged in or something is squeaking or not put in proper mm. because they didn't have the time or mm. knowledge to, to put it in properly or fix it. So that allows us time to, to make yeah. it right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like these things, these small things, you know, like they may get overlooked, but at the end of the day, you know, like when they get into the production car, it might cause an accident. You never know. So you You're know, right. like, yeah. yeah. There's Each some and small every things. Component matters. Yeah, there's some small things and there's big things. There's big things like a seat belt bolt isn't put in. Mm. Or, you know, something was wrong, the brakes weren't hooked up properly, or the airbags. Or it could be something small as visual trim, whether mm. stripping, uh, stitching on the steering wheel isn't perfect. Mm. 
something like this, but yeah, they're all, they're all very big deals. We have, uh, and, and if people ever have questions about, you know, I, I have a problem with this car, I'm going to tell the dealership, does the actual factory know? Yes. Mm. We have meetings about it. So if you had a car and you found something that was imperfect, maybe that something was in the paint or the trim or something was missing or the logo was crooked or, or I'm just making examples right. that does come down into our factory and it comes right down to the department that is responsible for it. Mm. And our manager shows us pictures mm. and what happened at the dealership and how the customer found it. Mm. And then from there at the factory, we try to improve uh, mm. that process and make sure it never happens again. Yeah. So we try to never have the same mistake twice. Mm. So try to minimize basically those errors. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Continuous improvement. Mm. For sure. Now, you know, like, uh, can you explain to the audience, you know, like the whole process that goes behind building a car from the raw materials to the final product on the assembly line? I'll do the best I can. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's sh and as short as I can. Mm. Uh, so for Toyota, we get our own steel that comes in rolls. Mm. And most of it comes from uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, some other parts may come from the U.S., so our steel and it comes in huge rolls and we do all of our stamping and pressing there. So we stamp mm. all of the doors, all of the fenders, the body of the car, everything. The hatches and the hood are aluminum. Mm. They get stamped as well. The rest is a, a blend of steel. Mm. And the bumpers, uh, the front and rear bumper, we have the resin. So we actually have the liquid resin plastic and we actually mold it there ourselves and stamp the plastic as well. But back to the steel, it comes in rolls, it gets stamped, and then it goes to weld or body. Mm. So once the components are, are put together, the robots weld the pieces together into mm. what is the, the, I guess you could call it the body itself with the frame. Mm. And from there, it goes into a big tub of liquid, uh, phosphorus. It's a phosphorus tank yeah. and the metal gets cleaned of any fingerprints and any impurities and any dust that is uh, settled from weld. Mm. And then it goes into uh, something called an ED tank. And what that does is it coats the vehicle in an anti-corrosion film. Mm. It's kind of a dark green when it dries. This is to protect the car from corrosion and oxidization and help keep any surface nice and smooth. And creating a base for the primer to stick. Mm. From there, it goes into paint where sealant is applied, primer is applied, then it goes mm. to an oven. Then the base color is applied and put into another oven. Mm. If it has a special paint, it will go in a third time. Maybe if it has the mica, which is the sparkle, mm. it'll go into an oven and then it'll go into a clear coat. And it'll go into an oven. So you have quite many layers of paint. Mm. One to, once it goes through there, it has uh, an inspection done to make sure that the paint is good. Then from there, it goes to assembly. And assembly, is, the front chassis is done first. So your engine is put in, your transmission, um, your, your, your brakes, all of the guts, I want to call it, that mm. go underneath the car get put in and then the car gets lowered down more to the floor level and then the interior starts to be put in so the dashboard um, the seats the padding the trim 
uh, and the doors aren't put on yet. So this car is still running down with the, with no doors mm. and the hatch is on though, the back mm. on the RAV and the Lexus. And then it meanders around and it gets the doors put on. Mm. And from there, it goes into QC, which is quality control. And people inspect the car, make sure it's good. It goes through a tunnel, a water leak check. And there's two people that sit in the car, one person in the front, one person in the back, and they wear white gloves and they feel inside the car. They feel inside the sunroof, inside the doors and around the windshield. They're checking for any possible uh, water leaks. Mm. And then the car goes out for a test drive. So the car is started and it is revved very high. Mm. So it's already broken in when you get it. And it goes into a couple of test tracks. One is for the suspension. One is for the emergency brake. One is for acceleration. One is braking. Mm. And from there, the team member listens for any, any noises, any rattles, any mm. hesitation in the engine. Mm. And then from there, it goes through one more quality check. And including in that quality check, we actually, to note, we take five cars every day and we completely disassemble them down to nothing. And the reason we do that is we purposely look for any problems that we might have missed mm. and uh, they're always random cars and uh from quality it goes yeah it goes to shipping so it goes to the trucks or it goes to train and then out, out it goes to the dealerships okay so like uh, how many kilometers you know like is it uh, driven on the road before it gets to you know like the finally the shipping part it's about one it's about one kilometer mm. just to yeah, check all the things yeah yeah. And, and before it goes on the test track, it's put on a, I don't know if it's called a rollometer. It's the type of ramp that you drive up, mm. but the car doesn't go anywhere, but the, yeah. Dino. Uh, yeah. Dino. It's almost like uh, what do you call it? Um, dyno yeah. testing kind of the way that works. Yeah. And uh, the, the engine is, is revved very, very high. And uh, yeah. So if people say, Oh, gentle, gentle, the car's got to break in. It's mm. that happened already at the plant. So so they totally. push it to the, you know, like the maximum extent to see that if the car can take some abuse or not. Yeah. And to make sure that all the automatic gears are, are, are working mm -hmm. properly. Right. I think cars now have five, six, seven, eight gears now. And a yeah. lot of them are CVT or they're mm -hmm. synchro gears. So they're making sure that mm -hmm. everything is, is put together proper. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. No wonder Toyota cars are so reliable. We have cars out there in the parking lot that people have been driving that, you know, 600,000 plus kilometers. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're great. They were never really the best looking cars. I thought yeah. back in the day, mm. their styling seems to be catching up a little bit, mm. but yeah, you're right. Their reliability is, is, is up there. Very, very proud owner. Yeah. Cause even, you know, like here in India, we have a few vehicles from Toyota. For example, we have an MPV, a seven-seater vehicle, and it's called the Innova. So, you know, like, it's one of the most popular Toyotas in India. And, you know, like, uh, you will probably find uh, Innovas here with two lakh miles or, you know, like, maybe three lakh. And they are running absolutely fine. No yeah. signs of weakness. And their gasoline is there as well? Yeah. Yeah. Or petrol. <laughs> <laughs> so they have an image that they are the most reliable cars probably money can buy in that budget. Yeah. For, for the public to outreach and grab. Mm. Yeah. Toyota's up there. I'd say Toyota, Subaru, mm. you know, maybe even Honda, but uh, yeah, Toyota is a good, a good one to go to. And when you're a kid, 
maybe getting your parents' car that's a bit old and beat up, I mean, you can still rest assured that it will last you even a few years. Yeah. As well as it's maintained. Mm. It's still yeah. on maintenance as well. So win-win. Yeah. Yeah, you still have to maintain it. Mm. <laughs> it's not magical. Yeah.